1: Welcome back to the podcast, and today our guest is Sundance Brennan, who is the Branch VP of Training and Sales for American Financial Network. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much for having me today, Gary. Appreciate it.
1: So Sundance, tell us, uh, what made you get into the career of, of uh, you know, mortgages?
0: Well, I think the, 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 the key word there is really career. So when I got into mortgages originally, it was just a job. Between you, me, your audience, and you know, a few fence posts, it was really just a, a job that I took to pay the bills initially. But what's important is I figured out I wanted to make it a career. And so about 18 months into the job at that point in time, I realized I had my my aha moment, I call it, mm-hmm. where I realized that I was offering a product that everybody needed, everybody wanted. There was a, a, a distinct lack of education on, and I had the ability to really change someone's life i have for my entire 16 years specialized in, in refinance transactions so i'm not helping somebody with the american dream i'm just making it a little bit better and so i could wave the magic mortgage wand and save somebody $75,000 on their home loan their home you know over the life of the loan and that gave me a lot of job satisfaction and i i realized about that same time i could also take on a leadership role in the business and teach other people how to ethically um produce mortgage loan applications help people and do the right thing and at that point in time i decided this is this is what my calling was you know it, it wasn't uh you know i don't think anybody goes to third grade uh, career day and decides mm-hmm. you know i, I me i want to grow up and be a, a mortgage loan officer that that didn't happen it's kind of the thing that you fall into and then you make that decision this this suits me and I love helping people and, and saving money and, and educating folks. So that was the, the, the real aha moment for me.
1: Yeah, what you just said is there's, there's actually, you know, a lot there because you said ethically. And I think that that's very important because that means that, you know, you do look at this differently. You're not, this isn't a transactional business for you. Um, which I always I always find that very important because I think so many people kind of lose touch with things and get it to where it's transactional. So people are just, you know, that's in the next folder, next, next. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's important. You know, obviously, you know, over your 16 years of doing this, you've learned a lot. Um, what is it that you know now you wish you knew that when you first started out?
0: Hmm. Um, it's not so much a, a specific piece of knowledge, because still to this day, there are things that I, I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I learn something new every day. It was really the philosophy that it would be okay to be outside of your comfort zone and to maybe not have all those answers and to just say, I'm going to find out for you. And that was really the a pivotal moment for me. Early on, I I wanted to know everything. And I thought that if I studied, I would know everything and I would just be the best. And I realized that being the best at what I what I do means not knowing everything, but be willing to learn. And so that was really the key trait that helped me excel in my career is, is being comfortable, being uncomfortable and and figuring out how to how to find the answers.
1: Right. So what are some of the questions that, you know, when you're meeting with uh, potential client or a client, um, what are some of the questions that you wish that they were asking you that they're not?
0: Hmm. Uh, most of the time, when we meet with clients, even clients that I've had for 15 years, I have clients that have, have you know, repeat business. Even those clients don't always know what questions to ask. And it's almost like pulling teeth. Uh, in fact, I've developed a method, it's a three question method, very popular, um, you know, uh, in, in, in uncovering goals. Mm -hmm. because our borrowers don't often know what it is that they're looking for. And it comes from not having a plan. They they don't incorporate maybe their mortgage as well as they should with some of your other guests on the show, you know, insurance professionals, estate planning, financial advisors, really your mortgage and debt and, and credit planning should be part of that overall plan. And so I end up having to ask questions about what their real goals are. And so if customers could ask me, hey, you know, this is my goal. How could you accomplish that? Mm-hmm. If they knew what their goal was ahead of time, if they just jotted down a few ideas, it would help me help them immensely versus trying to kind of guess, all right, do you want to retire? Do you want to have the lowest best cash flow when you retire? or when you retire, do you want to have this paid off? Um, do we want to uh, you have a free and clear home for um, your, your inheritance? or do you want to have it leveraged? What, what's better for you tax wise? Those types of issues come up on a regular basis. And borrowers just don't know how to ask those questions, and maybe they don't have those plans yet, so I have to help them along.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes people get to where, oh, the rates are low, let me refinance. And then it's kind of like, well, hang on, you know, so it's fine that you want to refinance, but there's a cost to refinancing that you mm-hmm. need to take into consideration. But then also, you know, how much time do you want to refinance over? Because mm-hmm. some people, oh, it's saving me so much money. It's like, yeah, well, that's because it's stretched it back out to 30 years when, you know, you're down to like 18. Right. Why would you want to go all the way back? Um, so there's definitely, you know, things in there where, like you're saying, if, I, if you're not asking the question, then how is somebody going to know? So what are some of the, the biggest concerns or fears that, um, you know, when you're meeting with these clients that they have? So the mortgage industry still has sort of a, a
0: bad reputation and very often clients are still scared, even when they speak to a professional like me, and I'm, I'm, I'm well recognized, I'm easy to find on the internet, I've been around for a long period of time, but they, they're still scared if they've been referred over even sometimes that we're the big bad wolf. Mm-hmm. And so the, you know, the mortgage folks are trying to uh, get one over on them, so to, so to speak. Um, but there's a lot of regulations. There's a lot of rules in place now. Um, I just pulled up the Fannie Mae regulations. That, you know, every day I have to learn something new, right? And the Fannie Mae regulations alone are 1,200 pages long. So I haven't memorized all 1,200 pages. All right, don't tell my clients that. But I haven't, I right. haven't memorized all 1,200 pages right. yet, right? And, and that's just Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and FHA and VA and USDA, and the list goes on and on. So there's an immense amount of um, regulation that goes into place. Plus, um, there's no more price price gouging. Uh, Your loan officer likely makes the same amount of money regardless of what interest rate you choose. We can't can't make more money because we steer you towards a, a particular interest rate. So now the rules, the regulations are in place so that if we make a recommendation to you, it's because we truly believe that's the best option for you. And that is sometimes hard to understand for borrowers, even even seasoned borrowers that have been around for a long time and have multiple transactions. There's still this misconception that, you know, they, they may make more money if they, if they give me a, a worse loan type of a deal. And that just isn't the case anymore. Um, there's, a, there's a level playing field. And hopefully I've trained enough people over my years that there's enough ethical salespeople out there that are really trying to give you the best loan possible.
1: Um, so what are some of the common mistakes that, um, you see people make when it comes to mortgages? Um, well,
0: we mentioned earlier about their plan Mm -hmm. and a lot of folks just fail to think that far ahead. And so they see an ad on the, on the TV or a flyer or something. And I could tell you before the phone rings, before I pick up my headset, uh, that the, the person at the other end of the line wants to lower their interest rate and they want to save money what they don't realize is how many different ways there are to do those things. So yeah. I have to ask those questions. Like you mentioned earlier, somebody has only 18 years left on their mortgage. Do I really wanna spread them out for 30 years? How long are they gonna own this house? There's a cost associated with that. What is their recoup time? If I save them hundred dollars, but their costs are $5,000, are they gonna keep the loan, You know, four years and two months to recoup those costs? If they're not, if they're planning to sell the house in two years, well then you don't want that type of loan. You need something else. Um, and I may make a recommendation to a, a 15-year mortgage for you with a zero-cost option for you. So when you sell that house in a couple of years, you'll have more equity. And right. so those are the kinds of questions that I have to ask and really kind of help a customer define what their goal is or, and maybe what it should be. And we have to nudge them along. I call it, uh, you know, the, the sales nudge. You know, if, 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 there's a, if I figure out what their goal is, I can nudge them in what I feel is the best direction for them for their, for their best interest there.
1: Right. I mean, obviously, a lot of this is driven off of credit score and things like that. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you see the ads out there about the the credit repair companies and things like that, just like I do with the, you know, the, the people that are going to, you know, give you pennies on the dollar to settle your tax debt and stuff like that. Right. Are these um, credit companies that are saying they'll help you repair your credit? Are they, is it, you know, just all hogwash? Is it really, are they really there? Can they really help somebody? Um, Or is it better to to work with a professional like you to help them, you know, build their credit back up?
0: So there is a a prolification of these these companies that will do credit repair or, you know, some kind of a boost. And you, you see a lot of these ads. Now, most mortgage professionals will have a trusted partner if they won't do it themselves. Okay. And so I would definitely recommend you speak to a professional. And then if they recommend or have a partner that they've worked with over a period of time, uh, you know, it depends on the, the specifics of the, the credit situation and, and what the damage is. Um, but I have somebody that I've worked with for seven, eight years. And consistently, I've sent folks over to them, they refer them and they rehabilitate their credit. They, they give pointers, they give tips. They don't just um, go in and blanketly dispute items that are that are factual. They, they give you real guidance on how to improve your FICO score. And then you come back to me and then you're eligible with a 620 plus FICO score for a home purchase or the refinance that you need or home improvement loan. Mm-hmm. Um, so those types of professionals I typically will, will recommend somebody find a referral first rather than just a Google search, because I'm not sure
1: what you're gonna find on that Google search. Sure, sure. So, you know, tell us why having, you know, you, you, you know hit on a few points, but tell us why else is it important to work with a professional like you, And you know, acquiring a mortgage as compared to you know, you see all the ads, you know, again on the internet and TV. Oh, you can do this yourself. Mm -hmm. Why should somebody use a professional like you?
0: Oftentimes, I see somebody going in, in a, on a purchase transaction, and they get the mortgage that got them into the house. Somebody did a great job; they got them into the house, and you know it's the American dream, and and they did the right thing there. They invest in their future, and let's face it, home ownership is the is the the largest um, um, forward momentum for for wealth in America, right? Mm-hmm. So now they they've started to build wealth, but. A realtor, like a good realtor will, will you can negotiate. They may get you five thousand dollars off because uh, you know a roof might need a repair or something along right. those lines, right? five to fifteen thousand dollars, not uncommon for a good realtor to get you you know a discount on the house. But sometimes, and very often actually, I see the, the borrower, the client, ask the wrong questions of their mortgage provider. Now a good loan officer, they might get you that $350,000 house over the life of the loan. I hope your, your, your watchers are sitting down. It might cost them $650,000 over 30 years. Mm-hmm. $350,000 house could cost you six fifty dollars by the time it's all said and done, right? A good loan officer may reduce that to $550,000. And so a $100,000 difference between good and, and and great on a refinance or somebody who helped you get your FICO score up, and i'm not just talking about on the low end we consistently do this for people who are on the high end of the spectrum too so let's say you've got a 724 fico score gary that's a pretty good score that's in the high end but i have a i have a, a lower interest rate available for someone over or 740 and so someone who has a great credit score, you may still come to my company. I may say, hey, let's get this American Express balance down just, you know, $1,200. Sometimes it's as easy as that. You pay that down. We re-pull the credit. you got a 741 FICO score. You get a quarter percent better interest rate on a $700,000 loan. A quarter percent makes up a big difference oh, yeah. over the life of the loan. And so we'll save not just on the low end, but on the high end, we can save you a significant amount of money over the life of the loan. And so those are the kinds of small differences that someone who, you know, is relatively new or inexperienced versus someone who's got a lot of experience and had the proper training.
1: So I know that you do some, some uh, sales coaching and things like that. Are you only doing that with, uh, with mortgage people or are you doing that with other professionals?
0: Uh, no. So uh, my experience prior to mortgages, actually, I have a, a lot of experience in um, uh, car sales is how I actually started out. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, that's translated all over. So I have a separate consulting business called The Sales Nerds, easy to find online, the And I have clients who are in the insurance business. I have clients who are in the um, medical equipment sales business. I have a restaurant equipment sales representative. So I actually coach a lot of people who sell either face-to-face or over the phone. Um, and so I, I've built up that clientele over the last decade or so. And really the skills from meeting with clients, listening to problems, uncovering need, that's universal. So people are people. If I can find your problem and solve a need, then
1: that's selling. Right. So t- tell us about uh, your book that you wrote.
0: Uh, the Art of Sales uh 10 Steps to
1: Selling Anything Over the Phone. Clearly, I've got
0: the I've got the headset on. My right. my forte has always been phone sales, and uh, my my family likes to tell me that I've got a face for phone sales. Hopefully, your, 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 your viewers don't say say that as right. well. But 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 I but I I have traditionally been uh, phone sales um, focused. Um, call centers and, and mortgages, which have had a bad rap over the last decade and a half. And so I've done my best to uh, make sure that those people are professionals and, and um, uh, have all the ethical lines um, drawn and, and, and nobody crosses those borders. And really the knowledge has increased as well over that business uh, over the years. And uh, the book has done very well. So it came out four years ago, um, was a pleasure to write. It actually originated from a lot of my blog posts on that same okay. website. I originally posted blog posts, in, you know, and I would find myself writing essays or giving uh, classes, or I would be invited here to, to, to you know, teach on a, a specific topic. And at a certain point, I realized you know, I've written you know, 100 blog posts. Well, surely you know, you know a dozen of those have to be pretty good, so I can consolidate and put into a book right. and and make it cohesive. And so that's what we did. So we we developed the ten steps to selling over the phone, and it originated from all the
1: blog posts. Great, that's great. Um, so yesterday, the President signed a huge bill in into to law, um, and that didn't just a, a affect taxes and giving American people more money. Can you tell us? you know, kind of how that's affecting the mortgage industry now.
0: Sure. $1.9 trillion Mm -hmm. uh, they they signed for. Now, it's not like we have that $1.9 trillion just sitting in America's back pocket, right? So there are real fears of inflation. And a lot of folks have been ringing this bell for quite a while. And if I had a crystal ball, Gary, like I I wouldn't be here. I'd be sitting on the beach in uh, the Bahamas somewhere. But there are a lot of folks um, with a real fear that inflation is going to happen and that could uh, increase interest rates pretty significantly, pretty quickly. And there's a lot of wheels in motion um, regarding that. Now they could do something like, you know, uh, uh, pledge to buy mortgage-backed securities. Basically the government could continue to subsidize the mortgage uh, market, but they haven't shown signs of doing that. In fact, they've shown signs of retreating from the mortgage market. So they have increasingly decided that, hey, these mortgage-backed securities are gonna go back to the private sector. Um, In fact, news came out yesterday about Fannie Mae deciding that for second homes and investment homes, they no longer wanna bundle as much of those into the government portion of their their bonds. So the private market is gonna have to step in and the private market is gonna want a higher rate of return, which means higher interest rates. So there's a couple of things here that are driving interest rates up that we're really afraid of. We're, We're afraid of inflation, we're afraid of uh, market recovery because if the stock market goes up, interest rates go up. That's typically mm-hmm. how it works. And we're afraid that uh, the Fannie, Freddie, um, Jenny, if those folks pull away from certain types of loans, we're going to have to increasingly rely on the private sector, which, again, wants higher interest rates.
1: Right. Not, not a whole lot in the news yesterday uh, right. about that. So it's it's definitely interesting that, um, you know, the, the kind of backside of things that are that are happening with all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so you, you've worked with a, a wide variety of people, um, through mortgages, but then also in your coaching and things like that. Um, what are some of the important things that you've learned dealing with the variety of people that you have?
0: So, uh, it's important to ask the questions. And then more importantly, and this is, this is harder to do for most people is to listen to the answers. Mm -hmm. So it's not good enough to just ask the questions. I I give a list of, you know, what we call digging deep questions or fact finding questions. And I have a system, the the three question system to try and uncover goals. But those questions are useless if you don't actually listen to the answer and try to put yourself in that person's situation. So it's difficult to overcome your your personal bias. So personally, me, I, I wouldn't do a 30 year loan again. I would do a 15-year loan. I feel like I, it's you'll save a lot of money in the long term. I'm not too worried about the cash flow. I would much rather buy less property for a 15-year your, your term on my primary residence if I'm going to buy a new primary right now. Sure. An investment home, uh, I want to manage cash flow. I'll get a 30-year term, and I want the lowest monthly payment possible. Now, there are different views on that, though. Some people think your primary residence, I just want the lowest monthly payment possible. It might be tax deductible, and I want to manage cash flow. It's cheaper than renting. And I'm going to sell this house. So I don't want to invest too much in it. I'm going to let the appreciation, um, you know, do its work for me. And that's great. So I have to put myself in their shoes and understand what their goal is. And so I can't recommend a 15-year to that person because their goal is different than mine. And so being able to listen and put yourself in someone else's shoes and be able to make a recommendation that's best for them. Is, is probably the most important skill that you have and a lot of sales representatives in any business um, have difficult time um, uh, changing their perspective uh, to match their clients And so listening is uh, probably the most important
1: skill that, that we have in our business. Um, so what are some of the biggest challenges that you're that you're facing right now with obviously, you know, Fannie and Freddie making that change is going to affect you. The pandemic is affecting you. What, what else is, is happening right now that is affecting your business?
0: So we are significantly worried about uh, forbearances, obviously. Um, loss mitigation is a, is a real issue in our, our business. Um, I've been in it long enough. I remember the last wave, um, right. you know, 08, 09, 10. It was a, a significant issue then, and, and we had to repackage a lot of loans and, and fix them up and send them out. And then that sort of rolls downhill. You know, if a uh, uh, tenant's not paying rent, uh, you know, investment properties, you know, flow be- becomes an issue then, and that strains the system. And again, interest rates rise. So it all kind of goes back to urgency in, in the markets right now. We are at a pivotal point right now, and I'm not sure which way it's gonna break. I have a, an inkling that we'll see interest rates kind of stay where they are for the next four months, five months before the market starts to really heat up and, and we kind of supercharge the economy. Um, once stimulus money hits in and, and right. we see some of these 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 funds kind of there's a lagging indicator there. So five months, I think we've probably got a window of to lock in your interest rates because after that I'm worried about inflation. I'm working about, worried about the, the downhill trending for uh, forbearances and, and, and those types of transactions, um, you know, even foreclosures, maybe down the road. Um, we're trying to, to avoid those situations, but that could impact the market and raise interest rates. Right. Um, and then we're also worried about the Fed pulling out of the market and relying more on private investors. So um, from my perspective, it's client awareness of the market and urgency. Now, five months may seem like a long time to, to a lot of folks. I've got I've got four more months to go ahead and lock in my interest rates. Uh, but like I said earlier, if I had a crystal ball, I'd be a millionaire right now, right. and I'd be I'd be retired somewhere. And so if what I'm offering today is better than what you already have, just take it. Right. Don't try and, and watch the market. It's like catching a falling knife. Like, I don't know when the lowest state's going to be in the next five months, but it might be today. It's not worth the
1: risk. Just take the money and, and go with it. Right. So... What questions have I not asked you that you wish I had? <laughs>
0: uh, whether or not today is the best day in the history of mortgages <laughs> to lock in an interest rate. <laughs> um, I literally, I wake up every day and I tell myself this. So so for the last 15, 16 years, I literally tell myself today is the best day in the history of mortgages to lock into an interest rate because of what I just told you. Because I'm not sure when the best day really is. Right. But there's no time like the present. And I, and I really think of it almost like I'm going to Vegas. And, you know, you, you've been to Vegas or Atlantic City or, or New Orleans, or, you know, wherever there's gambling, you, you know that you're not going to win. Statistically speaking, the house wins. Right. And so it's the same thing when you're playing with, uh, you know, the mortgage market. If you're at the table playing cards or whatever, you know, dice or whatever it is, and you have a chip stack in your favor, which essentially the market is right now. If you call me and I can save you money, that's your chip stack. If you stay at the table too long, you're likely to lose. The house will win again. And right. in this case, if the house wins, you your house actually loses, right? Because we're talking about your home. Right. So so get up from the table, step away, cash in your chips. And today really is the most important day in the history of mortgages. If, if we save you money today, then today is the most important day. Urgency is key, and I can't express that enough.
1: Right. So if our audience likes what they hear and they want to talk to you, if it's either about mortgages or about your, your sales coaching or anything like that, how can they reach out to you?
0: Uh, well, Gary, I, I've been blessed with a, an easy-to-remember name, and it's very recognizable. A quick Google search will probably put you in touch with me, um, but the easiest way is probably to find me on LinkedIn. I've got a wide um, audience there on LinkedIn, easy to follow me or connect with me there. Um, also, uh, you can send me a direct email. Uh, it's my first initial, last name. Uh, hopefully, you've got it in the description down below, srennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N, at afncorp.com send me an email. I'm incredibly fast to reply via email um, or LinkedIn if you find me on there and you're able to send me
1: a direct message. Great. So today our guest has been Sundance Brennan with uh, American Financial Network. Uh, we really appreciate your time today. Gary, I appreciate you having me here. Thanks.
0: This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC.